Good morning, Orlando. Wednesday morning at 6 o'clock here on the 50,000-watt front porch as we check for the first time this morning, first of many, Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you right here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Tom Alexander in for Deborah Roberts. Our top stories this morning. President Trump pulls out of the Iran nuclear deal, and a new poll shows Rick Scott leading in the U.S. Senate race. Details coming up in one minute. And we'll hear from the president as he nukes the Iran deal, and we'll talk about it. First up on Good Morning Orlando. 601 on News Radio 1025. President Donald Trump is pulling the U.S. out of the Iran nuclear deal. Speaking at the White House yesterday, the president said the Iranian regime is the world's leading state sponsor of terrorism. The multination accord was struck in 2015. Iran agreed to curtail its nuclear weapons program in return for relief from international sanctions. President Trump called the deal disastrous and accused Iran of not living up to its word. He said there will soon be a, quote, nuclear arms race in the Middle East if the deal remains in play. I've got a lot to say. And first, of course, we'll hear from the president and we'll be taking calls on the president's decision. Uh, We saw it coming, but he made it happen yesterday. Big story for us this morning, Tom. It definitely is, bud. The news is brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo is in North Korea to finalize plans for a meeting between President Trump and North Korea's leader. President Trump revealed that Pompeo was making the surprise trip as he announced that he's withdrawing from the U.S. from the Iran nuclear deal. On Pompeo's agenda during this visit, getting three Americans held in North Korea released, the president has suggested his administration is very close to freeing those prisoners. President and North Korean leader Kim Jong-un are planning to meet in the coming weeks. Here in Florida, Governor Rick Scott is leading in the race for the U.S. Senate. A new Florida Atlantic University poll of registered voters gives Scott 44 percent and Democratic incumbent Bill Nelson 40 percent. When you only include likely voters, the two are tied at 45 percent each. The FAU's survey shows the president's approval rating among Florida voters is now at a high of 43 percent compared to a low last June of 35 percent. Foul play is suspected in the death of a teenage girl here in central Florida. The Florida Department of Law Enforcement confirmed this week that the body of 16-year-old Justice Garrett was found in the woods last month in DeLand. She was a student at Mount Dora High School, where classmates held a moment of silence yesterday. One classmate told reporters that Garrett's death brought down the entire school. Daytona Beach's police chief is defending the officer who arrested a 95-year-old great-grandmother, Police arrested Hattie Reynolds over the weekend after the woman admitted she slapped her 46-year-old granddaughter with a slipper. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. She's 95? <laughs> yeah. She whacked her granddaughter with a slipper? Yes. And she got arrested? She did. Tell me more. The granddaughter did not want to press charges, but police chief Greg Caprice, Craig Caprice says officers had no choice based on domestic violence law. Two defense attorneys, though, told the News Journal they don't believe state law requires an arrest to be made. (laughs) A vicious, unprovoked assault with a slipper by a 95-year-old woman. Yes. We've lost our minds. (laughs) Arrest? Oh, my goodness. Well, it'll be interesting to see how that one plays out. It sure will. And with mosquito season underway, four Florida cities are on Orkin's Top 50 Mosquitoes Cities list for 2018. The pest control company ranks metro areas based on the number of new mosquito customers served over the past year. Miami-Fort Lauderdale comes in at number 8. Tampa-St. Petersburg is 14th. 
Orlando, Daytona Beach, Melbourne ranks 19th, and the West Palm Beach, Fort Pierce area is 48th. Orkin says mosquitoes continue to be a major health concern because they have the ability to transmit several diseases to humans, including Zika virus, West Nile, several types of encephalitis, and as we talked about earlier this week, even yellow fever. Yeah, which we haven't heard about in a long time, at least not in this country, and they're worried about it coming up from Brazil. That's right. Via mosquitoes. That's right. WFLA News Time now is 6.05. You can read about the parents arrested for faking their child's cancer to get donations at 1025wfla.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts right now. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. I told you yesterday that the president was going to pull a plug on the Iranian nuclear deal. I wanted him to do it. And he did it. And there's a lot to talk about. We'll be hearing from the president. I'd like your take on all the furor that has erupted uh, uh, worldwide and uh, across party lines about this. A lot of folks are on board with what the president is doing, and I think he has done the best thing for the country. And um, we're going to hear from the president. And uh, I've got some things to say you may not have heard before, and I'll definitely open up the phones and the text line to you at 407-916-5400 if you want to weigh in on what the president did yesterday, whether you support it or not, what you think the ramifications will be. The text line, never busy, always open at 23680, but... You will have standard message and data rates uh, applying there. It's Good Morning Orlando on a Wednesday for the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. And stay tuned now for your shot of winning your share of $880,000 in cold cash in our ongoing Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest. Here's the deal. Just listen for the new keyword of the hour coming your way in seconds. Then text that word to 200-200. You could be our next $1,000 winner. Good luck. An update coming up here in Orlando's News, Weather, and Traffic in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Powerful speech by the president yesterday as he did what we predicted he would do and what I clearly wanted him to do and what he promised multiple times since he became a candidate from president that he would do if elected, take the United States out of the deeply flawed and dangerous Iran nuclear deal that was the foreign policy centerpiece of President Barack Obama and his Secretary of State, John Kerry. They are both enraged by what the president has done. Our European allies are going apoplectic. The anti-Trump media machine is in a frenzy. But there's a lot of support for what the president has done. His knees didn't buckle He did what was good for this country and ultimately for the peace of the world. Let's listen to a montage of the president from the White House diplomatic room yesterday afternoon, just after 2 p.m. I am announcing today that the United States will withdraw from the Iran nuclear deal. We will be instituting the highest level of economic sanction. Any nation that helps Iran in its quest for nuclear weapons could also be strongly sanctioned by the United States. America will not be held hostage to nuclear blackmail. Today's action sends a critical message. The United States no longer makes empty threats. When I make promises, I keep them. 
I think that's a message for North Korea's dictator Kim Jong-un, and I think his fear of the president and how tough he is willing to be and what he is willing to lay on the line brought Kim Jong-un to the verge of a summit and hopefully denuclearization. More on all of that later. But I have been looking over what Secretary of State Mnuchin has in detail laid out in terms of the toughest ever sanctions against Iran. I mean, on anything that relates to their nuclear ambitions, but also on their economy and their trade and their finances. And I've got to tell you, this is powerful stuff, okay? Some of it takes effect this summer, some until not till late next fall, okay? But these sanctions here are clearly designed to bring the Iranians back to the negotiating table with their hand out begging the president, you're squeezing the life out of our economy, you're drying up our funds to spread terrorism internationally. Uh, Yeah, let's do a new deal, Mr. President. And he talked about that, the president did yesterday. Let's listen to that. Iran's leaders will naturally say that they refuse to negotiate a new deal. They refuse, and that's fine. I'd probably say the same thing if I was in their position. But the fact is, they are going to want to make a new and lasting deal, one that benefits all of Iran and the Iranian people. When they do, I am ready, willing, and able Great things can happen for Iran, and great things can happen for the peace and stability that we all want in the Middle East. It's clear that by putting the big squeeze on the people of Iran, the economy of Iran, and thereby the people of Iran, that he might even foment revolution to get rid of the mullahs who run the Islamic State of Iran. This deal, he's right, the president did not deter the development of nuclear weapons over there. Israel, with their intel and the files they recovered from a bunker, remember that story from Netanyahu a week ago? They, they, this, this was it. This is where the president, I think, decided there is no turning back. I'm going to do what I pledge to do. It needs to be done. That it was very clear that the Iranian leadership, you can't trust them, has been lying and continuing with the nuclear program. The brakes were supposed to be put on with this Obama um, Iranian nuclear deal. They've gotten even more aggressive since this deal was cut in the Middle East, spreading terrorism everywhere and beyond the Middle East. And remember, the whole deal never had bipartisan support to any great degree in the Congress and never was approved by the Senate. I could go on with reasons why this deal was bad, was dangerous, needed to see the U.S. head for the exit signs, and they have done it. I support the president in this. I want to know what you think. Kevin in Melbourne, I'm going to talk to you in a moment. If you will stay on the line, anybody else want to join in and weigh in on my analysis of all of this, what you heard from the president, and whether or not he's made the right call or the wrong call, 407 916 or text me at 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. Jeffy, as you check the text line on Trump nuking the Iran deal, um, your thoughts on the way it went yesterday? Well, I, I'm, I'm glad he did it. I'm definitely glad he did it uh, for all the reasons that you stated. 
Iran has been rearming and they have taken all control of a lot more of the Middle East. They become more powerful since the Iran deal and it's time to be tough against them. Yep. So I completely agree with you on that. And it's another it's another foreign policy thing that Trump kept his promise. He promised to move the embassy to Jerusalem and Israel. That's happening. He promised to leave the Paris Climate Accords. That happened. And he promised to do this. And it's happening. So you have to give him credit for keeping his promises. And he promised to get out of the TPP trade deal that yeah. wasn't working for the and, United States. And these are things that I think a lot of Republicans would not have done if they became president. I think you're absolutely right. Um, and on the text line. Yeah, one person is basically asking, why would you believe um, Iran? Well, you he know, doesn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly and, right. And, and the Israeli intel, I think, put the final nail in the coffin of any any thought that uh, the president would stay with this, really. Right. Absolutely right. Uh-huh. Let's go to Kevin in Melbourne. Thanks for your patience. Welcome in from the coast. How are you, Kevin? I'm good, bud. I'm happy that you and I are both in complete agreement this morning. Uh, I think President Trump is awesome. I think that he fulfilled yet another promise, and I think he did the right thing. We know the Iran nuke deal was flawed from the beginning. It never should have happened. Uh, you can't trust Iran's leadership. We knew that they were going to continue on working on their nuclear program. And even Benjamin Netanyahu said the same thing way back when this happened, when this deal was struck. Good, to- good stuff, Kevin. I appreciate it. But not everybody agrees with me, which means I have to continue doing this job until they all do. Bertha from the land is on the line on this topic, though, it's unlikely you will ever see it my way. Am I right, Bertha? You're right. Good morning, bud. Hey there. I think we are in for a bad time. Iran have probably never stopped doing what they were doing. They probably was doing it in North Korea. I felt that way, you know, even though the inspectors say they were complied. I don't think they was. So what do you think's think is going to happen? I think North Korea and Iran is going to team up, and we're in for a bad situation. Well, what does a bad situation mean? Lay it out. What I do you really think? Iraq. What? What we went through with Iraq is going to be worse. You think we're going to war with North oh, Korea yes. and a really? Oh yes, and I think North Korea been reading about the art of the deal. He knows everything about Trump. All right. I don't <laughs> think you need to be worried about that, Bertha, but. Yeah, I don't either. What's interesting, though, is she agreed with Trump, basically, that she doesn't think Iran has been keeping with the deal, really. So why keep it if they're still building nukes? Well, but you'll make them mad, you know, and then they'll start a nuclear war with us. We can't make anybody mad. We can't tell Kim Jong-un, these little rocket men. We we can't say that, you know, fire and fury and uh, like the world's never. Oh, you can't say that. Don't make the bad guys mad. You gotta, finally got a president with some with some guts who understands that we need to wield American power on the world stage appropriately. He's not reckless. I think he's doing a great, great job in this regard. Oh, very quickly on the elections. Um Republicans in West Virginia in the um in the primary election there. Um, this guy, Don Blankenship, who had, you know, been in prison because his mind blew up and killed all of those people is a real Trumper, but Trump tweeted, Hey, you can't, this guy can't win in the fall. He's a flatliner with a bad record and a terrible campaigner. And, um, and, and, and he told him to vote for somebody else and they did. And Blankenship went down big time. I mean, big time. And, um, 
Good news in uh, in 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 Indiana, uh, where a businessman and uh, outsider like Trump, former state legislator Mike Braun, uh, defeated a couple of other Republicans. Will be a strong candidate to take the Senate seat from Republican Joe Donnelly, who was very vulnerable. There was some good news in Ohio as well. Um, uh, listen, I, I, I'm telling you, the Democrats are counting on a blue wave to take power in Congress in 2018 and totally cripple the Trump presidency. I've got a blue wave killer to share with you in the next 15 minutes. Wait until you hear what I've got. Right now, we're going to hear what Tom Alexander has, bringing us the news for Deborah Roberts, who's on vacation this week. President Trump, once again, pulling out of the Iran nuclear deal. If you're just checking in, he'll get you all up to date. And uh, who's leading in the governor's race? Looks like undecided at this point. All the news coming up from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. It is 6.30. And especially for those of you who've just hopped on the 50,000-watt front porch and joined the conversation... Tom Alexander with the news in for Deb this morning with the big story we've been talking about. That's right, bud. President Donald Trump has made his final decision on the current Iran nuclear deal. I am announcing today that the United States will withdraw from the Iran nuclear deal. The multination accord was struck in 2015. Iran agreed to curtail its nuclear weapons program in exchange for relief from international sanctions. Speaking at the White House yesterday, the president said aggressive sanctions will soon be reimposed on Iran. European allies tried to convince President Trump to stay in the deal. They warned that withdrawing could further destabilize the volatile Middle East. Meantime, Iran has threatened to reactivate its nuclear program if the U.S. pulls out. This news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Undecided is the leader right now in both parties' races to be Florida's next governor. A poll by Florida Atlantic University finds 42% of registered Democrats and 43% of registered Republicans have yet to make up their minds. Former Miami Beach Mayor Philip Levine leads the Democratic field at 16%, edging out former Congresswoman Gwen Graham, who has 15%. On the Republican side, Congressman Ron DeSantis leads with 16%. And Agriculture Commissioner Adam Putnam is right behind at 15%. I think a lot of folks just haven't zeroed in on this race yet. You yeah, know, they the will field along is the way. wide open right well, now. Well, and you got a lot of name recognition issues as well, but Absolutely. those numbers are really high. Yeah. <laughs> An interim memorial to the victims of the Pulse nightclub shooting is now on display. The memorial was unveiled yesterday at the scene of the shooting almost two years ago on South Orange Avenue that killed 49 people. During the ceremony, Orlando police tweeted a picture of a heart-shaped cloud that was seen over the memorial site. Plans are in the works for a permanent memorial that Pulse owner Barbara Poma says will serve as a legacy for future generations. Finally, Brevard County Schools will have more armed security on site under what officials call a compromise plan. The school board voted yesterday to allow security specialists to patrol the district's elementary schools, but the specialists will not be current school employees. Instead, the specialists will be hired by the district solely to provide security. The plan to arm school staff was put on hold, but it could come back up for discussion at a later date. Some have proposed hiring more school resource officers that already patrol the high schools and middle schools. School officials, though, say they can't afford that, and the sheriff's office says it doesn't have the manpower. WFLA News Time Now, 636. I'm Tom Alexander, News Radio 1025 WFLA. You can get these stories and more at 1025WFLA.com. 
The first hour of Good Morning Orlando continues right now. Interesting developments out of Brevard County on school security. I think we'll be talking about that tomorrow. Um, but the lineup today is full. we got so much going on. I don't know how we're going to get it all in between now and 9 o'clock. But we'll always make room for the Bloomberg Business Report. Everybody loves it when Gina Cervetti joins us live from New York City in the Bloomberg Business Newsroom. And good morning to you, Gina. Good morning, bud. How about that stock report beginning with those futures you've been checking out for us? Well, we have the uh, stock futures pointing to a higher Wall Street open this morning. Oil is going to get a lot of attention today. It's up 2.5% this morning, almost back to $71 a barrel after President Trump's decision to pull out of the nuclear deal with Iran. The U.S. told buyers of Iranian crude they have six months to curb their purchases or face tough penalties. As we mentioned, the stock futures signaling a higher open. We have wholesale price data to watch for today. A couple of earnings, including those from Sinclair Broadcast, 21st Century Fox, Roku, was a little change day on Wall Street yesterday. The Dow added three, closed at 24,360. The S&P was down less than one to 2672. The Nasdaq rose two to 7267. And the Bloomberg Orlando Index was up one half of one percent. Gina, on the subject of uh, corporate earnings, Disney, they've gotten a big boost from a blockbuster movie, right? Mm -hmm, that's right. The Black Panther pushed second quarter earnings well past Wall Street estimates, helping to offset a television business hit by an industry-wide decline in pay TV viewership as more people cut the cord. Disney's earnings also got a boost from the theme parks, which saw attendance climb in a seasonally slow quarter. Higher ticket prices and new attractions, in addition to an early Easter holiday, helped fuel the theme park business. And also, Disney's CEO Bob Iger says he's confident he can clinch that $52.4 billion deal for 21st Century Fox's assets, despite the prospect of a bidding war against Comcast. You know, every time you turn around on TV, somebody's running a pizza ad. You know, it's Pizza Hut, it's Domino's, it's yeah. Papa John's. But um, apparently, Papa John's is kind of having some... Uh, uh, some rough going. What can you tell us? Well, the new Papa at Papa John's certainly has his work cut out for him. Same store sales at the pizza chain dropped 5.3% in North America in the first quarter. That missed analyst estimates sent the stock down in late trading yesterday after the results came out. Longtime leader and founder John Schnatter, who remains chair, handed the reins to Steve Ritchie in January, less than two months after Schnatter criticized the NFL for how it handled player protests. And I remember well the blockbuster news you brought us, I think, last week on a Bloomberg Business Report that the Ford Motor Company, been making sedans, among other vehicles, for well over 100 years, was going to get out of the sedan manufacturing business in another year or two to go for SUVs, go for trucks. I know their F-150 pickup has always been red hot. You've got some news on the F-150 for Ford this morning. Yeah, it's not good news. Bloomberg has learned that production of Ford's most profitable model is likely to be knocked out for several weeks by a fire that's cut off supply of parts to two truck factories. Mm. One analyst says the shutdowns could cost Ford as much as 15,000 trucks each week. And he says he's considering adjusting his earnings projections for Ford once the full impact of this supplier fire is known. Okay, fair enough. We'll watch for more on that story. And we'll have another Bloomberg Business Report from Gina, live from New York tomorrow morning at 635. Gina, have a wonderful day. Thanks, as always. Thank you, bud. You too. You bet. Coming up here next, I've got a couple of new polls that scream 
what the anti-Trump media machine and all never-Trumpers never want to hear. Advantage Trump. Stay tuned for details and an update, of course, on Atlanta's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. And that anti-Trump bias in the media has definitely come into very harsh relief in a new Axios Survey Monkey poll. Overall, 45% of Americans say the way the news media has covered Trump during his time in office has been too critical. How about those who say it's not critical enough? You might think the numbers would be different than they are, but they are what they are from from Axios and SurveyMonkey, okay? 45% say the media is too tough on Trump, okay? Only 24% say they are not tough enough, not critical enough, and uh, 27% say the coverage has been fair. Interesting. Um, What else have I got? Oh, I've got a blue wave killer. Democrats are licking their chops thinking they're just going to roll in the midterm congressional elections, take the House, take the Senate, and then just completely hamstring the president and his America First agenda. Uh, Not so fast. I cannot imagine what this was like at CNN, the quintessential never-Trump network, the the absolute pinnacle of the anti-Trump media machine, CNN. Their own poll asked a question that they have asked for years. How well are things going in the country today? Yaffe, they must have choked on this when the numbers came back. Yaffe pointed this out to me, and I said, this is in the show. How well are things going in the country? 57% say they're going well. Only 40% say They are going badly. In his eight years, then-President Barack Obama never got to 57% of Americans saying things are going well in the country. Now, you talk about a blue wave killer. Listen to this number as we break out the poll a little further. First of all, the 57% is up 8% for Trump since February. What's happened since then? Unemployment has continued to plummet to historic lows. The tax cuts, people are getting more in their paychecks. Okay? The economy is on a mega roll. And people vote, as I tell you, and it's not an original thought. It's documented to be true. They vote with their wallets and how the economy is going more than they vote for any other reason. Okay? Listen to this. One of the reasons Trump is at 57%, up 8, and people saying that things are going well in the country, 40% of Democrats are now saying things are going well in the country. Only 25% of the Trump-hating Democrats were saying that in February. Yaffe, if that holds, that's a total blue wave killer politically. That's got to send a cold shiver through the DNC and through the halls of CNN 
MSNBC, The Washington Post, The New York Times, and on and on and on. Well, it's, you know, CNN will try to continue to change their minds and make us all think it's doom and gloom and the country is in horrible condition because Trump is president. But it, it hasn't worked so far. I mean, the poll's a pretty big deal. These the Democrats, CNN poll. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure they're rocked by the numbers. A lot of people think that Trump has no chance of ever being reelected. I don't think that's true. And a lot of people think it's a slam dunk, absolute lock that the Democrats take over the House, take over the Senate. Okay, that is not going to happen. That is not going to happen if this many people are feeling good about the way things are going. Yeah, they think being anti-Trump is what's going to win them the midterms. I'm not so sure, especially with polls like that. Yep, absolutely right. What are your thoughts on the polls that I've um, I've shared with you here this morning? Uh, are you feeling the same things? Maybe you have been an anti-Trumper. Maybe you were in the middle of the field. I don't know about Trump and whatever. Are you now feeling better about the Trump presidency, how things are going in this country? Would you be among those who would say in increasing numbers, hey, yeah, to the pollster, things are going well in America right now, when perhaps you would not have said that some time ago. What about it? 407-916-5400. Text me to 23680. Standard message and data rates apply there. Yaffe, we got some um, text messages um, lingering from our conversation about the president pulling us out of the Iran nuclear deal. What do you see that's uh, that's coming in at 23680? Uh, yeah, a lot of people like what Trump did, including this person who said, Trump was not my first choice for president. Nor do I think he was the best choice, but thank God for his hard stance against Iran and we and that we don't have Hillary in office. There you go. Good stuff. All right. Um, coming up here, yesterday they had the dedication ceremony for the new interim Pulse nightclub memorial um, to the 49 who were killed in the in the massacre on June 12, 2016, that we all remember so vividly. This has always been presented as a hate crime against gays. But as I've pointed out, and it was confirmed in the North Salman trial, a lot of gays were killed, but they were not the targets. Americans were the targets. This was an attack by a radical Islamic terrorist fanatic. And that's never been acknowledged by the Pulse folks. It was yesterday. And I think that's an opening. I think that's a sea change. I hope it is. And I want to talk to you about whether or not the radical Islamic terrorist aspect of the Pulse nightclub story, okay, should be presented in a permanent Pulse memorial. And if so, how should that be woven in? I want to have some input from you. We want to do some brainstorming together, and we will do it. Good morning, Orlando. Good Wednesday morning. We are glad you're with us on the 50,000-watt front porch at 7 o'clock as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you right now on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Tom Alexander in for Deborah Roberts. Our top stories this morning. President Trump pulls out of the Iran nuclear deal. CIA Director nominee Gina Haspel faces a tough confirmation hearing. Details coming up in one minute. And the Pulse Nightclub Interim Memorial opens with a word I have long waited to hear. 
I'll share it with you next on Good Morning Orlando. 704 on News Radio 1025. President Donald Trump says the U.S. is pulling out of the Iran nuclear deal, which he calls disastrous. It is clear to me that we cannot prevent an Iranian nuclear bomb under the decaying and rotten structure of the current agreement. Meantime, Florida's U.S. senators are taking opposing views to the president's decision. Republican Marco Rubio applauded the move, claiming the deal enriched the Iranian regime and empowered it to destabilize the Middle East. Democrat Bill Nelson not so happy. We need to put more pressure on Iran with additional economic sanctions to stop them from developing their ICBM missiles. But pulling out of this deal now is a tragic mistake. Nelson says the decision to pull out of the deal will only strengthen Iranian hardliners as well as put distance between America and its allies. Yeah, I don't agree with the senator, and I said so in the 6 o'clock hour. We'll be back into this story later on in the show. It's a big one. It sure is. The news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. In her Senate confirmation hearing later today, CIA Director nominee Gina Haspel will promise not to restart controversial detention and interrogation programs. Haspel is a veteran CIA operative, and she'll be pressed hard about her role in enhanced interrogation after the 9-11 terror attacks. In prepared remarks, Haspel calls the time after 9-11 tumultuous. If confirmed, she'd be the first woman to lead the CIA. And everyone says she's eminently qualified. It'll be really interesting to see how this goes in the Senate today. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people will be watching this one. Here in Central Florida, two teenagers, including the victim's uncle, are facing charges for the death of another teenager. Orange County deputies announced yesterday they've arrested seven, a 17-year-old and a 16-year-old in the shooting death of 17-year-old Justin Machado four months ago in his home. The 17-year-old is facing charges that include manslaughter. The victim's family praised the sheriff's office for solving what they call a senseless crime. Finally, the Florida Supreme Court hears a paternity suit with a twist as two men fight over the right to be called dad. Trinika Simmons had a baby girl five years ago. She was married, but not to the biological father, and he's suing to establish paternity. His lawyer, Nancy Haas, told the court biology matters. She also says there are so many blended families today that there's nothing unusual about a request to recognize two different fathers. But a lawyer for the little girl's mom says the state can only recognize two parents, not huh, three. Interesting. WFLA News Time now 706. You can read about the mom and two kids who died in a crash after striking an alligator at 1025WFLA.com. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts right now. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Thank you, Tom. Tom Alexander bringing us the news. Deborah Roberts enjoying her vacation. Yaffe executive producing in the control room. Steph ready to take your calls on um, a matter concerning plans for a permanent Pulse nightclub massacre memorial in Orlando. The interim memorial was opened yesterday, and uh, there's something I really, really want you to hear that caught my ear when I watched the ceremony. And um, stay tuned on that score. Bob's already on the line uh, from Sanford. Uh, you'll be first, but if you want to join the conversation, and, and my, my, my question basically is, do you agree with me that the radical Islamic terrorism dimension to the Pulse nightclub massacre, okay, 
This was not a hate crime against gays. A lot of gays were killed, but they were not the targets, okay? We now know from the North Salman trial that this was, in fact, a radical Islamic terrorist attack designed to kill as many Americans in one place as possible, whoever they were, that we cannot ignore this, and that has been ignored by gay activists who have wanted this to be all about a hate crime against the gay, oppressed minority, okay? That's a part of the story because there were so many gay victims, but they were not the targets. This was radical Islamic terrorism on American soil in our fair city, beautiful. I say that needs to be a big part of any permanent memorial. Do you agree or not? That's what we are talking about, and we'll get rolling on it here in a minute. If you've got an opinion, Get in early, 407-916-5400 on the phone or text us at 23680 where standard message and data rates apply. Hour number two, and good morning, Orlando, for the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. We begin with an opportunity for you to win your share of 880000 bucks in our Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest. Here we go. Listen for the new key word of the hour coming right up. Text that word to 200-200. You could be our next $1,000 winner. Had one last month up in Volusia County. It could be you next. Be ready to go and listen closely. And also, of course, coming up in Orlando's um, news, weather, and traffic, which I will update for you in just two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. So I watched the ceremony for the interim memorial, and as far as I could tell from the video I was checking, uh, the, the interim memorial is, is, is a very, very colorful very dressed-up fence kind of around the Pulse nightclub, which is still standing down there at the site of the massacre. Lots of photos of victims and lots of rainbow flags and uh, symbols portrayed, of course, for the gay community. Most of the victims were gay. We'd always been told that this was a hate crime against gay Americans. Gay activists largely hijacked the narrative in that regard, and I fought back, and very few were with me on this in Central Florida, that the reality was that this was a radical Islamic terrorist attack. Gays were the victims, but we now know from the North Salman trial they were not the target. Okay, He didn't even know this was a gay club. He just knew it was not well protected by police. He found too much police presence down at Downtown Disney, now Disney Springs, turned away, went to a nightclub, the Eve Club in downtown Orlando. Too many police in that area patrolling as they do on big party nights. So he found another venue, okay? And it was radical Islamic terrorism. And nobody has ever talked while the plans are being formulated for a permanent memorial, which I think is appropriate, whether it's at the club or somewhere else. Nobody's talked about including the radical Islamic terrorist dimension to this. Okay, um, let's let's focus right now on yesterday's opening of the Pulse nightclub massacre interim memorial. I want you to listen closely here to the welcoming remarks delivered by the chairman of the board of trustees of the One Pulse Foundation, Earl Crittenden. He says something I have never heard anyone say before who is involved in planning for a permanent memorial to the 49 people killed in the Pulse nightclub massacre. See if you can pick up on the word he says. The Pulse Interim Memorial dedication marks a special place, not only in Central Florida history, but also in American history. 
This moment of rebirth is an affirmation of the resilience of which the United States is known. We will not and we did not be kowtowed to an act of mass hatred or terrorism. Did, did you hear the word? Did you hear the word? Let's isolate that last uh, several seconds, Yaffe, shall we? Act of mass hatred or terrorism. I salute Earl Crittenden, who is the chairman of the board of trustees of the One Pulse Foundation, okay? I mean, they are the focal point of, of everything to do with the tragic aftermath of this, of this disaster in our town here and the planning for a permanent memorial. He acknowledged what is now undeniable after the North Salman trial, that this was a radical Islamic terrorist attack designed to kill as many Americans as possible. It happened to kill a lot of gay people, but they were not, they, he didn't even know it was a gay nightclub, okay? That came out in the trial. But, 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 they, but it is, as I've said since the beginning, this story needs to be told along with how horrible it was for the gay community because they lost so many innocent members, so many people. That needs to be a big part of it. But we need to portray the reality of the scourge of radical Islamic terrorism on American soil in the slaughter of these 49 people. And it was terrorism, radical Islamic terrorism, right here in Orlando. And if you don't think that's true, listen from the trial to the 911 call placed by the killer Omar Mateen the night of the massacre. I want to let you know I'm in Orlando and I did the shooting. What's your name? My name is I Pledge of Allegiance to Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi of the Islamic State. Killing in the name of ISIS, the Islamic State. Undeniable, okay? So tell me, do you agree that a permanent memorial must tell that part of the story? And if we do that, which I'm going to try and force the issue here, how should that be portrayed? How should that be woven in to a permanent memorial? Or perhaps you think it's not appropriate. I want to know what you think. How about some brainstorming from the smartest audience in talk radio? 407-916-5400 and the text line 23680. Bob, you've been very patient. I promise I will go to you in Sanford first, but I have room for you, and I hope you will join the conversation here on the 50,000-watt front porch on this important question. I'm among those who's glad the president did what I predicted he would do, and he campaigned on this as well, and that's pull us out of the Iran nuclear deal. Uh, but clearly, there are some key players on the world stage who were not at all happy, right, Tom? That's right, bud. Former Secretary of State John Kerry is slamming the president's decision to pull out of the Iran nuclear deal. He has taken a situation where there was no crisis and created crisis by transferring to Iran sanctions that were meant with respect to the nuclear agreement itself. In an NBC News interview yesterday, Kerry accused the president of lighting a fire and creating an unnecessary confrontation. Kerry said members of the Trump administration haven't even spoken with the Iranians. He accused the administration of foregoing diplomacy and noted that the U.S. was one of seven nations that signed the multilateral accord. Kerry has reportedly been working behind the scenes to salvage the deal, President Trump says the U.S., quote, does not need John Kerry's possibly illegal shadow diplomacy, end quote. The president argues the deal was very badly negotiated by Kerry in the first place. 
The news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Okay, bud, on to the huge news of the day now. Yes. You could soon be able to get beer delivered alongside your pizza. You know, I hadn't thought about it, but I guess that's something that hasn't happened. Not yet. Not not uh, not for a big chain, anyway. And All Pizza right. Hut is testing it now in some cities in California. The new service started this week. It originally started at a location in Phoenix back in December. Some of the cities where they're testing it are Los Angeles, Sacramento, Riverside, Bakersfield, Fresno, and Santa Barbara. They serve both domestic and imported beer. Twelve ounce bottle of Suds will set you back about three bucks for a domestic beer, and and, and the package deal with with um with pizza, the pizza. Huh? yeah. Oh, pizza so they're not gouging you. All right, no, three bucks. It's what you'd pay at a restaurant probably for, oh, for yeah. a bottle of beer. Oh, as long as the price is right, I think that's an absolute winner. Yeah, I was thinking about you know you go to the movie theaters now where where they you can get beer and wine. Absolutely. Yeah, but who wants to pay like nine bucks for three ounces of wine? You yeah, know, I mean, exactly. they gouge you so much. But that that's interesting. I think they I think they'll do all right on that. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, uh, we'll, we'll see. see it here soon. A woman in Nebraska recently found out that her chronically runny nose. This story scared me this morning. Wasn't from allergies or seasonal congestion. Oh, but, I don't like the where this is going. But Uh-oh. from leaking brain fluid. Oh, come on. Ugh. For years, doctors told Kendra Jackson she had allergies or a cold. But her nose was just gushing constantly. It was affecting her quality of life. She couldn't sleep. She had headaches. Oh. A doctor at Nebraska Medicine eventually discovered she had a condition called cerebrospinal fluid leak, which is where the watery fluid that circulates around your brain leaks through a hole in your skull. Never heard of it. Neither have I. Wow. The fluid helps protect your brain. So yeah. when your brain moves around, it doesn't hit the hard bone inside your skull and get and damage your body makes more of it every day. That's why she was constantly leaking this fluid. It can leave you susceptible to infections like meningitis. Yeah. Um, so they were able to help her? They were able to help her. They figured out that this can happen either spontaneously or because of head trauma, and she had a car accident several years ago where she hit her head on the dashboard. Uh, this started about a year later. Mm-hmm. And they were able to do surgery, fix the hole. They did a bone graft and fixed the hole. In her skull, and now she's doing well. But her doctors say this should serve as a reminder to patients to listen to your body and continue to look for help if you know something is wrong and you're being told it's just whatever. An amazing story. Could have been a tragic ending. It's a happy ending. We like that. Definitely is. Good stuff. Done for now? Done for now. All right. He'll be back with more news. Tom Alexander in for Deb, who's enjoying a vacation week. And uh, he'll have news at the top and the bottom of the hour, of course, throughout the rest of the morning here. And he'll be looking for breaking news. He's always on the hunt for that. The Daily Sound Judgment Game. We are ready to go. We have contestants on the 50,000-watt front porch. And we've got a brand-new prize for our winners. Steph? That's right, bud. So today we have a pair of tickets to see the Honky Tonk Angels at the Winter Park Playhouse, May 11th to June 10th. This upbeat musical comedy follows three gusty gals at, that are determined to better their lives and follow their dreams to Nashville. Those are gutsy gals, right? Yes, gutsy yeah. gals. Yeah, they don't take no for an answer. No, not at all. <laughs> Go uh, ahead. Featuring a score of hit country favorites, including Rocky Top, I Will Always Love You, and many more. Visit winterparkplayhouse.org for ticket info, Winter Park Playhouse. Professional music theater at its best. This will be a fabulous production. Always is at the Winter Park Playhouse. Okay? You're going to love this. It'll be a special night at the theater. A lot of fun, a lot of laughs, and a lot of great music. 
Now, if you're trying to get in to play, wait for a wrong answer. We'll open up a line at 407-916-5400 and grab it quickly. For today's Sound Judgment game, we're going to draw upon another one of those countless Florida stories that seem to come our way all the time. This one involves a Pinellas County woman over in the Tampa area who has just been arrested for misusing the 911 emergency call system again. I want you to listen to a little sound of a reporter describing how she called 911 because she wanted something to drink. But not just anything. She had a very specific request. When the sound stops, use your sound judgment and knowledge of the news to tell me what she wanted to drink. 57-year-old Jennifer Sue Roberts called 911 twice in four hours to claim a medical emergency, each time telling paramedics she was thirsty. What did she want to drink is my question to you. Let's go to line two. You're first up. Do you know the answer, line two? A beer. Ooh, maybe. Yaffe, let's play the rest of that report. She was thirsty and needed a beer. Nice job. I thought we might be around here going through every soft drink on the planet before we found a winner. Nice going. <laughs> That's terrific. Thank what you. How did you nail that one? Uh, saw it uh, online. There oh, you, there you go. go. There you go. You see, I mean, we got the best audience in talk radio. You folks are connected to what's going on, and I shouldn't have been surprised we had a winner right off the top. We got a lot of frustrated other contestants who thought they were going to have a shot at this, but you are our winner. You're going to the theater on us, and we hope you have a good time. Awesome. Thank well, you so much. <laughs> what's your first name? I'll write you a note. Jonathan. Jonathan, how do I spell it? J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N. I figured if anybody ought to know, you ought to know, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jonathan. Listen to your show every day. It's awesome. Do you like it? Good. What works yeah. for you on Good Morning Orlando? I know that that sounds like I'm looking for a slap on the back. I'm just doing a little bit of market research. What do you like about our show? Well, uh, one thing is um, I like your opinions on mostly everything. We agree on a lot of things. And uh, I like that you do present both sides of each thing, too. And you let other callers in that uh, just don't agree with you. Well, thanks, and I do appreciate that. And I hope you appreciate the great team that surrounds me with with Deb when she's here and, of course, Tom Whoa. filling in here and Yaffe and uh, and Steph as well. We're, we're a team and couldn't do it all alone. And uh, believe me, I Whoa. need them all. You there? Don't go away, Jonathan. I hope we're not losing the signal here. I'm going to put you on now to make the arrangements on the prize with Stephanie. Sounds like he was having trouble hearing me, and we can't have that. Anyway, we have a winner. Actually, we shouldn't make too much light over that gal there. Apparently, she calls, you know, being thirsty for a beer all the time, and it's a terrible abuse of the 911 system, and she's obviously got a problem, I think, in her life that needs to be addressed, and we hope she gets the appropriate help. Gaffey just handed me a fresh Trump tweet, tweaking the anti-Trump media. Trump. The fake news is working overtime. Just reported that despite the tremendous success we're having with the economy and all things else, 91% of the network news about me is negative. Fake, in parentheses. 
And then he poses two questions. Why do we work so hard in working with the media when it is corrupt? Take away credentials? <laughs> Stay tuned. He knows how to get them, Yaffe. They'll be talking all day about that. Exactly. <laughs> he knows just how to get to them. It's so Man, funny. I'll tell you what. He sure does. Good morning, Orlando. Delighted to have you with us here at 8 o'clock on a Wednesday on the 50,000-watt front porch for our latest look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Tom Alexander in for Deborah Roberts. Our top stories this morning. President Trump pulls out of the Iran nuclear deal and Orange County passes new gun restrictions. Details coming up in one minute. And more on the president and the Iran nuclear deal coming up in a live report in this half hour. Stay tuned. You're here on Good Morning Orlando. 804 on News Radio 1025. President Donald Trump's decision to pull the U.S. out of the Iran nuclear deal is controversial here in the United States. There's one group overseas that's really happy about it. Hardliners in Iran are thrilled about the president's decision. NBC's Tehran bureau chief. Ali Aruzi has details. The most stinging rebuke came from Iran, from the parliament today. Iranian parliamentarians burnt a U.S. flag. The commander of the powerful Revolutionary Guard said the agreement wasn't credible even before yesterday's withdrawal. The Revolutionary Guards and other hardliners have always opposed the agreement that severely limited the country's nuclear program in return for lifting sanctions that crippled Iran's economy. Earlier today, Iranian lawmakers burned a U.S. flag in parliament and chanted, death to America. Yeah, we lost a signal on our reporter there, but that's exactly what happened. I've seen the video. It was a wild scene. Yeah, it definitely was. I don't know if they're as happy as they claim to be, but that's what's coming out of Iran. The news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The lawyer for adult film star Stormy Daniels says President Trump's attorney was paid hundreds of thousands of dollars by a Russian business leader. Michael Avenatti says an investigation uncovered a $500,000 payment to Michael Cohen in the months after the 2016 election from a company led by an oligarch with ties to Russian President Vladimir Putin. Avenatti suggested the money could have been used to reimburse a hush money payment that Cohen arranged for Stormy Daniels to keep quiet about an alleged affair with President Trump. Here in central Florida, Orange County is taking a controversial step to restrict gun sales. The county commission yesterday voted to require a three-day waiting period and background checks for anyone buying a gun. It's designed to close a loophole that allowed people to bypass those requirements when buying from private sellers at gun shows or flea markets. County Mayor Teresa Jacobs believes the law doesn't violate state law that restricts cities and counties from passing their own gun laws, a judge will likely decide that, though, as some legal analysts think someone will challenge this new law in court. I'm absolutely sure of it, Tom. Orlando police are investigating after a body was found burning on a mattress underneath an, an I-4 overpass. Firefighters made the discovery earlier this morning as they responded to a report of a fire near I-4 at the Colonial Drive exit. No word as to the victim's identity. The westbound I-4 exit to Colonial was closed for several hours, but is now back open. Finally, NASA's working with Uber on a flying taxi. Yesterday at Uber's annual Elevate conference in California, the company said NASA will engage in simulation testing of the flying taxi. The test will run simulations of potential air collisions and other airspace movements in preparation for Uber's anticipated air taxi service launch in 2020. WFLA News Time Now, 8.07. 
You can read about the man arrested for throwing furniture out of a high-rise window at 1025WFLA.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts right now. From News Radio 1025, this is Good Morning Orlando. And good morning to you from the Frontgate Realty Studio. As we roll into our final hour on a Wednesday morning, visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Right now, I want you to stay tuned for your shot at winning your share of $880,000 in cash and our ongoing Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest. Just listen now for the new keyword of the hour, then text that word to 200-200. You could be our next $1,000 winner like the one we had recently was so excited up in Deltona. And we have an update for you now on Orlando's News Weather and Traffic in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. As we predicted and as the president had promised on multiple occasions, he has taken us out of the Obama, John Kerry, Iran nuclear deal. The U.S. is pulling out. Here's the president yesterday from the White House. I am announcing today that the United States will withdraw from the Iran nuclear deal. We will be instituting the highest level of economic sanction. Any nation that helps Iran in its quest for nuclear weapons could also be strongly sanctioned by the United States. America will not be held hostage to nuclear blackmail. Today's action sends a critical message. The United States no longer makes empty threats. When I make promises, I keep them. All right, that's the president yesterday. There's been worldwide reaction. Let's connect to it all right now as we bring in News Radio 1025 National Correspondent Bill Zimfer. Bill, what do you have for us at this hour? Well, good morning, Bud. Uh, well, w- the reaction as expected, just like uh, we expected the president to make that move yesterday, you can predict uh, how people would line up here. Israel solidly behind the United States and the president's decision here. Saudi Arabia, as well as the United Arab Emirates and Bahrain, also behind the president's plan. But uh, the other signatories of the agreement, the U.K., France, Germany, Russia, China, all expressing regret that the United States is getting out of this deal. And as a matter Matter of fact, the European contingent there, UK, France, and Germany, will meet with Iran on Monday, Bud, uh, to talk about how to salvage this deal and continue forward with it. Now, the president did leave a bit of a window open there when he talked about putting sanctions back into effect on Iran. That'll take several months to do. So if in the meantime, uh, Iran or the other countries involved decide that maybe we should work out something else that's better for everyone, they have the opportunity to do that here. But uh, the president also sending a message that was felt all the way to North Korea when, and you played it there in your audio, when he said, when I make a promise, I keep a promise. Right. And that's directly aimed at North Korea. No question about it. Speaking of North Korea, any sign of those three prisoners? There was some thinking that our U.S. prisoners held there in North Korea as a as a sign of goodwill for the approaching planned summit between Kim Jong-un and President Trump might be released and come back to the United States with our new Secretary of State Pompeo, who was in North Korea today. Yep, possibility. That's on the agenda. Pompeo's there for three reasons, really. Number one uh, is a little damage control after the president's uh, announcement yesterday. Again, relaying that message that the president keeps his promises and what's going on with North Korea has nothing to do with Iran. Number two, being those three U.S. citizens who are still in custody in North Korea, Pompeo would like to get them out as soon as possible. And number three, of course, lay more groundwork for a possible meeting between Kim Jong-un and President Trump. 
Now, something else that you're on to uh, that is not getting a lot of media attention as far as I can see it, plans for a three-way summit involving China, Japan, and South Korea in Tokyo. What is this all about, Bill? Yeah, very interesting here. Now, on the surface, uh, these three, and these are high-level meetings because it was the president of South Korea, the premier of Japan, Shinzo Abe, and the Chinese premier, who is the number two man in power behind Xi Jinping. These are the three that met in Tokyo today. Number one on their agenda and uh, on the surface is they want to talk about North Korea and uh, what they can do to, to make sure it gets denuclearized. However, under the surface, there are two other things going on here. They're talking about a trilateral free trade agreement. Uh, all three of these countries have been hit hard by tariffs from the United States on everything from aluminum uh, to washing machines to solar panels. So they want to talk about a free trade agreement among the countries. And between the three, they account for 20 percent of the global economy. So it is no small thing. The other thing is there is speculation that China may be feeling a little bit insecure cure feeling that the United States states is trying to forge a relationship with Japan and South Korea isolating China they want to make sure that doesn't happen fascinating uh, insights you bring us here from very very important and troubled parts of the world news radio 1025 national correspondent Bill Zimfer thanks so much for your report we'll catch you next time around my pleasure bud all right good deal 817 here on the 50,000 watt front porch um I opened up the phones and the text line earlier in the show when we talked about this. I, I told you Yaffe and I are big supporters of the president doing what he has done with this deeply flawed deal we needed to get out. The Iranians have been lying. The Israeli intel has confirmed that. They're, they're developing their nuclear program. Um, th this whole thing had very little bipartisan support. This Obamacare deal uh, in, in the United States Congress never got green-lighted by the Senate. And they become, Iran, even more aggressive in the Middle East and worldwide spreading terrorism ever since this deal was cut. Are you with us and with the president, or do you see it a different way? Should he have stayed in the Iran nuclear deal? 407-916-5400, text line 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. Um, hope to hear something else from the president on his... Um, on his willingness to strike a different kind of a deal under the right circumstances with Iran. He did leave that door open, as Bill suggested a moment ago. Got some of our listeners who use the text line weighing in on the president, pulling us out of the Iran nuclear deal. He campaigned to do it. He kept the promise yesterday. Yaffe and I are supportive of it. Um, here is the president also leaving the door open to doing a new deal with Iran. First, though, he's imposing massive sanctions to bring Iran's economy and their engine of spreading terrorism to its knees. And the president, at that point, he knows the Iranians are squawking now, but that they will come around and do a deal with him on his terms. Here he is on that. Iran's leaders will naturally say that they refuse to negotiate a new deal. They refuse. And that's fine. I'd probably say the same thing if I was in their position. But the fact is, they are going to want to make a new and lasting deal, one that benefits all of Iran and the Iranian people. When they do, I am ready, willing, and able. Great things can happen for Iran, and great things can happen for the peace 
and stability that we all want in the Middle East. All right, that's a cut we had played in our 6 o'clock hour, and I wanted to make sure you got to hear all the sound we had prepared for you on the president with this major announcement yesterday. On the text line, Yaffe, what do you see? Yes, bud. We actually have one texter who does not like the Iran deal. Most of the texters doesn't like the or deal, or the president doesn't pulling like the us president out. pulling us out. Most of the texters think what Trump did was the right decision, uh, but one person thinks that he just started a war. Thinks that this will lead to war. Probably, mm-hmm. probably felt the same way that texter when the president was talking little rocket man and fire and fury uh, to North Korea. Most I'm, likely, yeah, yeah. I don't, I, I don't see that happening. I don't I, either. I, I do not. I mean, there's talk about conflict between Israel and Iran, but pulling out of this deal wouldn't have made a difference in that anyway. Yep. So. Hey, Legal Briefs with Attorney Jeff Kaufman coming up. Text your legal questions to him at uh, 23680-23680. There's an interesting story because um, Jeff is so brilliantly versed in all of the law But he's a nationally recognized personal injury attorney licensed in 18 states. And a lot of folks, you know, don't think much of personal injury attorneys. Um, And and I'm going to give him an opportunity to uh, explain how his line of legal work actually functions and the important function that it provides. And a good peg for that is just another one of these stories where we had a guy locally here who faked a fall inside a Walmart trying to shake them down for $100,000, okay? And um, we'll, we'll use that as the peg for some conversation on this with attorney Jeff Kaufman. It's legal briefs coming up. Don't miss it. I'll be handling the segment as Deb continues on her week-long vacation. And particularly for those of you who just joined us on the 50,000-watt front porch, turning it over to Tom Alexander now in for Deborah Roberts with our big story of the morning. That's right, bud. President Donald Trump is pulling the U.S. out of the Iran nuclear deal. Speaking at the White House yesterday, the president said the Iranian regime is the world's leading state sponsor of terrorism. The U.S.'s strongest ally in the region, Israel, has expressed support for the move. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu addressed the subject yesterday, saying his country has opposed the deal since day one. We said that rather than blocking Iran's path to a bomb, the deal actually paves Iran's path to an entire arsenal of nuclear bombs, and this within a few years' time. The multi-nation accord was struck in 2015. With it, Iran agreed to curtail its nuclear weapons program in return for relief from international sanctions. President Trump called it a disastrous deal and accused Iran of not living up to its word. He said there would soon be a nuclear arms race in the Middle East if the deal remained in play. This news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Officials in the United Kingdom are warning parents about the deodorant challenge. The what? Apparently, kids are spraying aerosol deodorant on their skin and holding it there for as long as possible. Doctors say this is dangerous because it can cause frostbite symptoms and burns, which happened recently to a 15-year-old girl. She may now need a skin graft. The girl says her injuries are extremely painful, Her friends also have scars from the challenge. The girl's parents are warning others to talk to their children about how dangerous and stupid this is. I'm telling you, kids are, this stuff never stops. But I I keep thinking back of all the dumb things we did. We just did different dumb stuff. Sometimes I wonder how I survived my teenage years. (laughs) You didn't put it on the internet for everyone to see. Right, right. That's the thing now. It's they feed, everybody feeds each other because I did this stupid thing on YouTube and now 
you do this oh, stupid thing. I never thought thing. of that. Let me try that. Uh-huh. Hey, everybody. Yeah, yeah, so it spreads now. That You're right. You're right. Yep. A woman's sudden craving for a Slurpee may have saved a man's life. I love Slurpees. Weakness for them for years. <laughs> well, now that you know that they can save lives, you shouldn't feel guilty about having one. This happened <laughs> <I never> in, <laughs> in Westchester County, New York last week. A man had a heart attack behind the wheel of a car, okay. hit a utility pole, which sparked the fire, then rolled down a grassy patch and hit a CVS drugstore. A woman who was craving a Slurpee was heading to a nearby 7-Eleven. She saw the accident turned around and rushed to help. That woman happens to be a paramedic who saved the man's life using CPR. Here's the kicker. The woman says she hasn't craved a Slurpee since she was pregnant three years ago. So this was just a random this craving. one moment in time in the right place. Absolutely. And a life is saved. Yeah. Gotta love it. What a great story that is. What else is going on? Oh, Google is showing off a new AI voice assistant that sounds nearly indistinguishable from a human. CEO Sundar Pichai unveiled Google Duplex at a developer's conference Tuesday. It speaks with a voice that uses natural sounding rhythm and tone, complete with ums and ahs. In two demonstrations, the voice assistant was able to adjust on the fly, handling questions and unclear answers while making reservations at a restaurant and a hair salon. Wow. It's going to be released as a test version in the coming weeks. Well, how about that? Good stuff, Tom. Hey, listen, while you're doing the news, this bulletin on Fox and Friends, three American hostages on the way home with Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. That's right. President Trump just tweeted that a few minutes ago. Uh, we talked earlier about that, that, yeah. that they may be released during the secretary's visit, and it looks like they're on their way home. Breaking news and a big deal. Tom, thank you so much. Thanks, Tom Alexander in for Deborah Roberts. Attorney Jeff Kaufman is in the house. It's time for the weekly le- legal briefs segment. You can text your legal questions, and we've already got some in-house here, to 23680. Lots of things to talk to um, Attorney Kaufman about here. Rudy Giuliani seems to be suddenly have disappeared I kicked up a lot of controversy with his aggressive stance against the Mueller probe as Trump's new lead attorney. Is there a method to the madness of Rudy Giuliani or, just as some are suggesting, some madness? We'll talk about that and other things as well and keep an eye on this situation with the prisoners, um, our prisoners coming home with Mike Pompeo. That is a big story breaking within, uh, within minutes. And we've now found out when they'll arrive back in the Washington, D.C. area. Stay tuned. We'll bring you details. We're keeping our eye on that. And um, we'll have an update on Orlando's newswater and traffic in two minutes. And then Attorney Jeff Kaufman and Legal Briefs on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Attorney Jeff Kaufman right now on Legal Briefs. Nationally recognized personal injury attorney, licensed in 18 states. Text your legal questions to Jeff at 23680. You can reach Jeff online at whenyouneedus.com. Phone 407-706-3535. Before we um, we'll move into the legal briefs um, agenda here, uh, Jeff, I mean, you got to give it up for the president. I mean, this is a remarkable achievement with North Korea, is it not? I, I love this. I really do. I mean, we live in a time where everyone's just teeing off on this guy every second and there are a couple big wins that come across about every month and we will gloss over those and i mean this is an amazing accomplishment i mean what he has done in in north korea and people go well why do why are we giving him credit well when the president of south korea says thank you and he should get the Nobel Peace, 
Listen to the guys who were there. Nobel Peace Prize. And yeah. no matter what you think of this guy, you're going, wait a minute. The Korean War is almost over? I mean, we've had seven presidents try to pull that one off. Yeah, since so, 1953. And, you know, maybe yeah. he needed to be strong-armed, and it seemed to work. Let me talk to you about um, Rudy Giuliani, you know, America's mayor. We all remember him from New York, okay? He um, wanted to be Secretary of State, didn't get the job, and then refused to take Attorney General. Now he has surfaced as Trump's lead attorney and a much more aggressive approach toward the Mueller probe here. And it, it looked like, you know, it was Rudy Giuliani day and night, and suddenly he's disappeared. Is there method to the Giuliani madness or just madness? What's the deal with this guy? Giuliani, that's a PR thing. I mean, he got up there to be a mouthpiece. He, he's not practicing law. I mean, don't let's let's be honest about it. This guy is not going into federal courts. He's not qualified to do this highly technical well, stuff. Well, he used that's to happening. do that. He was a highly respected, um, you know, attorney. But you have to I mean you literally have to practice to stay good at it. <laughs> uh, you got you got to practice. This stuff is very technical. Like, listen, I'm I'm I consider myself a pretty good attorney. Oh, I think. But so. But if Trump said, guess what? I'm I'm now Trump's lead attorney. I got to be straight with you. You know, I I think you got to give that up to people who do this work day in and day out. They didn't skip. They didn't become a governor or a mayor or whatever you're dealing with here. I mean, you can tell just what he's doing. He's there to be a face. He's there to be say, listen, I have a, I'm a respected individual mm-hmm. from 9-11 and a couple other issues, and you can respect what I say. I'm not practicing law. I mean, we all know he's not practicing law. Well, he was stepping all over his own statements, contradicting himself, the president, et cetera, other members of the White House team, and suddenly he's gone silent. Do you think the president has put the clamps on Rudy? I think he probably got a phone call. That'll do it. He actually, the president's had something really nice to say about him, even though after all this, he goes, hey, he's getting up to speed. He's getting up to speed. You're you're so well-versed in all law, but your specialty and your license in 18 states is a personal personal injury attorney. There's a story that just is so typical of what we see here in Orlando. was in the Sentinel yesterday. An Orlando man, uh, he's trying to get $100,000 out of Walmart, but surveillance video shows that he faked the fall. You know, he's been going out claiming major medical bills and the whole thing, went out and got himself a slick attorney, not you. Uh, and 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 now all of a sudden um, th- th- this thing has become a big deal and he's trying to shake down Walmart for a hundred grand, but it doesn't look like it's going to work. This kind of stuff gives your area of law a very bad name, if I may say so, sir. When you see stuff like that, you look over and you go, why is it news? I mean, really, why is it news? And it's because it's unusual. If it happened every day, we wouldn't be talking about it. For example, if you want to compare this insurance fraud case in comparison to all the bad faith claims filed against the insurance company for not doing what they're supposed to do, it would pale in comparison. Yes, this guy is a, in, in my opinion, I don't know the person, but if the facts are right, this guy is a piece. You know, he, he's a bad guy. And uh, as far as slick attorneys, you know, he, he went with one of the TV guys, and it's not their fault when a client tells them something. Now, normally what happens is so that everyone's aware, when you're an attorney, the first thing you do is you, you ask them to preserve the evidence. Now, they don't have to give you the video before you file suit, and they don't have to provide the video till after you do depositions. So in this case, the attorney, even if he wanted to see their video, he wasn't allowed to get it. Now, I've seen videotapes where somebody goes to me, and it's not the way my client said it was. And when that happens, I drop the case. You know, evidence is evidence. And if somebody's trying to pull a fast one, it's really not worth it for an attorney to take a case like this because I have to call these adjusters all the time. And if my reputation is as ideal and shifty stuff, no, I, I can't help my other clients. This guy is a terrible, 
terrible human being if what they're saying is right. Mm-hmm. And if they have a video showing what this guy did, Apparently and this guy faked do. an accident, and, it's, and there's been cases like this before where a guy sees a puddle and he runs real quick. If that happens to me one out of 500 cases, I'm surprised. But that's about, that's about probably par for the course about how many really crappy people there are in our country. Yeah. I mean, whether you're doing, whether people commit fraud during plumbing issues or something else or filing uh, insurance claims. Let me me ask you this. Why did you choose this specialty, personal injury law, when you could have chosen another one and made a good living as well? My wife was injured a couple years ago, and it was a small injury, and the insurance company really treated her poorly. They really said, oh, she's not injured. This is bad. And I live with her every day, and I'm a witness in her case, and- It's offensive to me that they're going to say, well, these are our numbers and this is what we think we should pay. Nothing is ever specialized. Insurance is an investment company. They do not care about the person who's injured. They care about what they might have to pay out, but you're just a number to them. And when my, over the years watching my wife and the way she was treated, and I've done every area law you can imagine. And the truth is you need lawyers who are willing to hit people in the face, not just people who are willing to settle, not people who are willing to do. You need a lawyer who's going to fight for you. And, and people say they fight for you. And there's a big difference between whether you're sitting in courtrooms and you're, and you're really you know, standing up for somebody who, even if their case isn't great, you are the only person that cares about this person. And that's a pretty honorable thing to be able to do. Very interesting. I didn't realize that it was such a deeply personal situation with your wife that took you in the direction of personal injury law. Very interesting. We'll talk more about that in the future. A texter says, my child's uncle is under investigation, Jeff, for stealing and selling opioids. He lives with his father. Can I request visitation suspension until the investigation is complete? Can you help him? Okay, this might sound a little complicated. The fact is in every family law case, there's an order, and it defines who gets to spend time with the child, who doesn't get time. Now, what's being asked here is can they change visitation because this child got involved in a, in a possible criminal issue? And, yes, you can go to a court and say, listen, he's not, it's not in his best interest to be living with this person or that person or meeting with that person, but you're going to have to do that in court. You can't just arbitrarily say, I'm going to cancel visitation. So wherever you got the original order, you normally have to go back to. If you're not in the state that the original order took place in, then you can file where the child has residency. Very interesting. I really appreciate that. Text your legal questions to 23680 for future editions of um, of Legal Briefs every Wednesday morning at 840 here in Good Morning Orlando. Deb will be back next week to handle the segment there. You can reach Jeff online with your legal questions at whenyouneedus.com or you can reach him on the phone at 407-706-3535. Always great seeing you. Thanks for coming on every week here. People love legal briefs, and oh. so do I. Well, that's fantastic, and it's a good day. I'm glad these three people are coming home. Yeah, good deal. We have more on the release of the U.S. prisoners by North Korea, um, and uh, that is coming up along with an update on Atlanta's news, weather, and traffic for you in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I've asked Yaffe to stay um, abreast of fast-moving developments on this breaking news we welcome this morning. Um, President Trump tweeting, Secretary Pompeo and his quote-unquote guests will be landing at Andrews Air Force Base. That's right outside Washington at 2 a.m. in the morning. That's tomorrow morning because it's 14-hour time difference between us and the Koreas. And that I will be there to greet them, the president says. Very exciting. 2 a.m., the President of the United States will be on the tarmac 
at Andrews. And here's another tweet, Yaffe, you just gave me to share with our listeners. President Trump, I am pleased to inform you that Secretary of State Mike Pompeo is in the air and on his way back from North Korea with the three wonderful gentlemen that everyone is looking so forward to meeting. They seem to be in good health. Also, good meeting with Kim Jong-un. Date and place set, meaning their planned summit. But I have yet to see him actually put a date or a location on that, Yaffe. That is yet to come from the president. He says it's set. He just hasn't announced it. Am I right on that? Um, y- yes. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, there's been a lot of speculation on where it could be, but he is no, not. No, I know. But, I mean, he is saying here date and time, but there isn't some other release anywhere else that I am aware no, of. No, no, it, it, We're still waiting for that, but he right. says he's got it nailed down. And right. who's going to doubt him right now? How how is the anti-Trump media machine going to handle with this? They got to figure out a way <laughs> that try. they got to figure out a way that this is bad news. You know, who knows what diseases they might be bringing back into the into the country? They oh, yeah. might have been brainwashed, think, and they might be spies. I don't think they're going to go that far. Actually, a lot of the mainstream media has had to give Trump credit for a lot of what's going on in North Korea. I mean, they do it reluctantly. And then they'll do it for five seconds and then move on to Stormy Daniels or something. Oh, yeah. But a lot, I've seen a little bit of that out there where they have to give him credit because it's a big deal. The average American, you know, turning on the news this morning and seeing that, it's a big deal to them. Oh, yeah. It really is. There's no question about it. And um, it's extraordinary. And none of this would have happened without President Trump. This has been I mean, going on, as, as Jeff Coffin was saying through seven presidencies, all the way back to Eisenhower, for crying out loud. I mean, even the South Korean president gives Trump credit for it. Said, give him the Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, and So I think he does. I mean, if it were Obama in office and this was happening, CNN and everyone would be praising Obama, saying it's all because of him. He deserves another Nobel Peace Prize and all that stuff. And all the Trump haters last night, the pundits were saying, oh, well, now he's pulled us out of the Iran nuclear deal. Kim Jong-un's going to take a look at that and say, you can't trust the president. That's it. I'm not doing any business with him. Forget the summit. Forget denuclearization. We're muscling up here, and we're going back to square one. And it didn't happen. No, and it's not going to happen. In fact, it might make a better deal out of North Korea, and then possibly a better deal with Iran. So it's very interesting. What an exciting development this is within the closing hour of a power-packed edition of Good Morning Orlando. We have been privileged to bring to the smartest audience in talk radio. We appreciate you so much. If you want to make your WFLA listening experience even better, find out all you can do by downloading our free iHeartRadio app. There is nothing like it out there in the radio universe. It will tap you into all of our 800-plus iHeartRadio stations with music and talk formats all over the country. And you can get what you want from us, from them, anytime, just the way you design it on the iHeartRadio app. Go get it. We'll see you tomorrow morning from 6 until 9. From all of us, thank you, God bless you, and God bless America.